podcast family welcome to caregiving is a ministry where we look at the word of god through the lens of caregiving how are you doing this thursday i pray that you are doing well okay so today we embark upon psalm 119 which is a very lengthy psalm this psalm has 176 verses so are you ready for me to read (laughs) i don't think so not in all one setting What um, we find in this psalm is that it is arranged by the Hebrew alphabet, sort of like an acrostic um, in pattern. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and this psalm contains 22 units of eight verses each. Each of the 22 sections is given a letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and each line within that section begins with that letter, which you can also find um, in Lamentations 3 which is also divided into 22 sections. So what we will do is we will take each Hebrew alphabet or each eight sections at a time. Therefore, we will complete this psalm in its entirety in 22 days. So are you ready? Let's get started. So I'll read the first eight verses from the common English Bible and I will use that Bible as we go throughout the entire psalm because it wouldn't make sense to pick and choose different um, translations because this is one psalm. It just has a whole lot of verses. So this one starts with the very first alphabet which is pronounced Aleph and here we go. Those whose ways is blameless who walk in the Lord's instruction are truly happy. Those who guard guard God's law are truly happy. They seek God with all their hearts. They don't even do anything wrong. They walk in God's ways. God, you have ordered that your decrees should be kept most carefully. How I wish my ways were strong when it comes to keeping your statutes. Then I wouldn't be ashamed. When I examine all your commandments, I will give thanks to you with a heart that does right as I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Please don't leave me alone. It's interesting that we come upon this psalm at this point in time because I start taking Hebrew in my classes. So as you pray for me, I really would appreciate it. So I find it very non-coincidental, just all in accordance with God's plan that we start to look at this psalm, which reinforces me learning the letters. So the first letter is Aleph. (laughs) Now granted, I don't, I can't point out right now where it is at the beginning of the first verse, but I'm sure as I go through the class, I will be able to. So we'll be learning together as always. But what do you think of these first eight verses? The psalmist, which is unknown, offers insight into his heart and his desire to please God. These first eight verses give us an impression that this psalm will be a psalm of wisdom. And it's wisdom because the psalmist centers these eight verses on God's word. And in the case of the children of Israel, that would be the Torah or the book of the law providing instruction and encouraging them to adhere to God's law. 
Notice that the psalmist begins his commentary with how beneficial it is to walk by God's word, that those who do so are happy, truly happy. He goes on to say that they do nothing wrong. And personally, I can't identify with that statement. I don't know who could. Is there a person who can live to the letter of the law? That person was Jesus, but for us humans, no. If that were the case, then we wouldn't need Jesus. The law by design was to show man his sinful nature and that he could not maintain the laws without intervention, divine intervention. Now it could be that the psalmist was looking at the priests or those persons who, you know, strictly kept the the law like the Sanhedrins or I don't even know if they were formed in this particular time, but, you know, the priestly folks who would at least try to keep the law perfectly. Or another way that we could look at the statement that they don't even do anything wrong could be that, you know, once we confess our sins to God, and he forgives us, his word reminds us that he no longer remembers them. Remember, he casts them into the sea. So it's as if we've done nothing wrong. I know that may be a stretch, just another way to to look at it. But I don't want to get hung up on that um, belief by our dear psalmist. In verse 4, we are reminded that God did issue a command that the children of Israel were to follow his commandments. Deuteronomy 6.8, God instructs them to write the law on their doorposts of their homes, to which we know today is called a mezuzah, which has Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 through 6 tucked inside, I believe, as well as in chapter 11 verse 18 of Deuteronomy, which gives instruction for them to place the laws on their foreheads and around their arms, which are called frontals. So God gives the instruction or the commandments for the purpose of them to follow, and that in following them, they would see that they need his divine intervention in order to truly be forgiven of sins. Our psalmist then gives his confession that he has not been able to keep the commandments that he and that he's ashamed of that. That he wants to keep them, but that he can't. This sounds a lot like what Paul wrote in Romans 7, 15. You know, that which I do not wish to do, I do, etc. This is why the word of God tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I can hear you out there then why try? (laughs) For us, we keep God's law um, through the power of the Holy Spirit. He convicts and directs us to walk with God. Which takes us to verse 7, this statement of, I will give thanks to you with the heart that does right as I learn your righteous rules. That last statement, as I learn your righteous rules, show us that it's a process and a journey. It's not something that we're going to be able to do right away. As each of us are on our own walk with God, you know, as we continue to seek him, to read his word, to meditate on his word, to study his word, we grow closer to him and his word gets embedded in our hearts, just as Jeremiah professed in chapter 31, verse 33. It is now in our hearts and the Holy Spirit gives us the desire and the ability to be obedient to the word of God.
That's why we try. And in our trying, it's really a surrendering over. Now, will we be perfect at it? Absolutely not. But we continue to learn as the psalmist stresses. But let's go back to the beginning where the psalmist states that those who follow the law or the commandments are truly happy. What is true happiness? Each one of us could answer that differently, right? But when we attempt to define it in relationship to following God's word, could it be that when our hearts are in sync with God and we are following his direction for our lives, both corporately and individually, that we receive that peace that Paul speaks about in Philippians 4-7 that transcends all understanding? Could true happiness then come from when there is peace in our hearts knowing that we are in the center of God's will and that we are in a growing relationship with him that draws us closer to the image of our Savior and closer to our Heavenly Father? Could that be true happiness? Following God's direction can be particularly difficult during times of hardship and stress, such as caregiving. Now is the time to set your mind on following him and listening to the direction of the Holy Spirit. He is within you to help you through this season or any season for that matter. Do not allow the enemy to distract you from your task. The distraction can come in the form of friends and family who may mean well and don't know that they're working in alignment with the enemy. You know, they can consistently remind you of how hard it is versus giving you words of encouragement that, you know, you shouldn't be doing it and providing other commentary that the spirit convicts you to ignore. Today, let's listen to the inner small voice of the Holy Spirit and allow him to help each of us to live a life of obedience and peace the true happiness that we find in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. We thank you, Father, for this psalm. And although it may be very lengthy, you allowed it to be written in bite-sized pieces that we can take each day. And today, Father, we learn that we should allow your spirit to work within our hearts so that we can be obedient to your word, as written in the Bible and to the word that you write on our hearts as individuals for the things that you would have each and every one of us to do. We know that there are things corporately that we do as the body of Christ, as children of your kingdom, as well as things that you have given us individually to do, such as caregiving, such as parenting, Maybe being a foster parent. Maybe being a teacher. You have given each and every one of of us individual tasks. And so we want to be obedient. We want to be, as the psalmist wrote, those people who seem as if nothing's wrong, as if we can do nothing wrong. But we know that we do everything wrong. And that it is only through the power of Christ Jesus is Holy Spirit working in us that we can do things that are pleasing to you. Help us to not strive for perfection, but to strive for 
a closer relationship with you. Bless all of the caregivers, Father, as they continue to put one foot in front of the other. And as they do so, allow them to make sure that their hand is interlocked with yours so that they will be very sure of themselves in the direction that they are going. Help them to be attuned to your spirit that works in their hearts. And then allow them to have the peace of knowing that the decisions that they are making on behalf of their loved one and caring for their loved one are decisions that you have already blessed. Help us to know that true happiness is found in you through our Savior, Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord, but more importantly, you love us. And we thank you for your love, which is everlasting. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, my podcast family, I will see you tomorrow where we will take on the next eight chapters of Psalms 119. Now go and minister the act of caregiving. In the name of Jesus, bye.